This morning, you have a special gift. If you have extras, Caitlin, you can put them in here. Your gift today is the one and only McCoby Donaldson. Come on up here, buddy. McCoby, if you don't know him, he's a mighty, mighty man of God. He's hungry for God. Um, one of the hungriest guys for God that I know. He's unbelievably faithful. He's a great friend, and he's going to be sharing today on the power of God and healing. And then they're going to be doing some outreaches. We would love to invite all of you guys to join them and us. We're going to go out and believe God to, to bring healing and see some miracles out and about in the next week. So let me pray for you. Put your hands out towards McCoby. Father, we just bless him, and we release your anointing of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the message on his heart. We wholeheartedly receive it. We thank you, Father, for his life. We pray blessings on him. Amen. 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 Thank you. Let me get logged in here. All right. Good morning, guys. Can we bring the lights down just a tiny bit? Is that possible? I like just a little more romantic feel. <sighs> Man, that is good. So we're going to talk about healing this morning. Um, and I'm just so excited. I love healing. It is very special and near and dear to my heart. It is um, how the Lord really got a hold of me. I, uh, I just fell in love with the gift of healing and I fell in love with Jesus through that. So I just want to take a minute at the very beginning and let's just, um, let's just believe God for what he said he, he was, you know, for who he said he was. I just want to um, call out a couple things and maybe I'd bomb every one of these and that's okay. And if you have a, something that you need healed, I want you to just come to the front. Just simply, just be brave. Come to the front. We're just going to pray for you all together. Anybody that has any healing, it's a, it's a blister. If your leg is broken, just come to the front right now and we're just going to pray for you. Uh, I feel like the Lord said, told me last night there was somebody that has like a something in their like the back of their throat. It's like a scratch or like a lump or something, and it hurts when they swallow. So if that's you, if it's like kind of uncomfortable, it causes irritation to swallow. You guys can just line up right here, and we'll just pray for you. So if that's anybody, just come on up front. I feel like there's someone who has like knots in their stomach, like up here, like not like in your tummy, but like almost like up in here, like by your esophagus and that or not whatever this is solar plex that if you have knots in your stomach up there you have pain uh i really feel like the lord wants to just release those knots this morning so man praise god who um if you if you you know caitlin whoever is like uh really hungry to see people get healed just come up front we're just going to pray for these guys and and you guys can pray for each other too uh we're just going to take a minute i want you guys to listen to how these people pray so pray loud whenever you're praying pray loud and then we're going to go through testimonies. And I, you know, I could preach all day about God's healing power, but why not just do a show and tell? So uh, pray out loud. Pray really loud when you pray for these guys and just do what you know to do. And if you're, if you're out in the audience, just, just let, let what's happening up here just kind of soak in. Just let it really sink into your soul. So we're just going to take, be quick, a couple minutes. If you got prayed for, raise your hand if you felt something happen or if you feel better, at least 50% better. Just kind of raise your hand, maybe halfway there or something like that. Okay, awesome. So we're just going to go. I want you guys to just kind of, I want you guys to just like really like see their emotions, see what it's like to be touched by God. Like see what healing does for you because it's not about anybody praying for you. It's about like, wow, there's a God that, there's a father that actually loves me 
and he's not far off. And he, he's here, he's doing something in my physical body right now. He's that close. He's that close. And he's doing something in my physical body. And it, and it touches your heart to know that because we, we know that with our head. But whenever you experience it, it's completely different. So if you got touched, and even if you're not all the way healed, just kind of tell us what happened. Tell us what you're feeling. I have a, a neck injury that I got as a child. And because of it, the vertebrae in my neck are in the wrong spot. And it causes a lot of pain. Um, when he prayed, it felt like God was rubbing icy hot on my neck. It got really cold, and then it got really, 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 really hot. And I also had him pray. I've Since we started the fast, I've never had headaches really consistently. But since we started the fast, I've had horrible need to go to bed, sleep it off headaches every day. And that's no longer going to be an issue for me. I've had TMJ in my jaw, and in the mornings I would wake up and... I can't open my mouth at all. It's like my mouth is shut. And when she was praying over me, um, inside I felt more like maybe this is um, an anxiety tension issue. So I kind of feel like she was praying, you know, for God to to um, release the tension in my jaw. But I could feel like there's a lot of tension in my whole body that's going away. And whereas before I would... Um, open and close my mouth and it would like pop a bunch and it just feels like it's gliding and it's not popping <laughs> it feels good but I feel like God is relieving more than that I feel like it's it might have been a different issue where I felt just tense all over so maybe I relieved something deeper Amen. this morning my throat was hurting and then after I got prayed for my throat felt better Thank you, Jesus. Doesn't it just make you so thankful for, for God, for who he is, for what he does? It's just so much better than anything we could come up here and say or do. So did you guys kind of, did you see how they, how they reacted, how the people reacted? And, you know, your wives, your husbands, your friends, it's, it touches your heart whenever you get touched by God, you know. And we know God, and, you know, I'm pretty, everybody in this room, we, you know, we know God, we're Christians, we We've seen this before. We've done this to other people, most of us. But it's still, it's like it's a new thing every time. Whenever you get touched by God, it's new every single time because he's, he's the same forever, but he always has surprises and gifts. And every time that he gets close and just touches us with his power, it's just it's such an amazing thing that really touches people heart, people's hearts. And just throughout this sermon, I want you to think about just the importance of that and the importance of what that does to people that aren't, that aren't believers, that don't know Jesus. Because, you know, you feel those feelings of like, like he's so close and he loves me. You know, like Natalie said, what about a person that before didn't believe in God? You know what I mean? But you just, you got the opportunity to pray for him and you, and you did and th that happened. What would that do to them? You know, how, how they have to make a decision. You know, how do I respond to that? How do I, what do I think now? I mean, does my faith change because I just got touched by something that I didn't believe in five minutes ago. But now my body is affected and different I just think that's the most beautiful thing in the world so I just want you guys to keep that in the forefront of your mind and um, God is good he just wants to love us and healing is such a it's the in my opinion well in my opinion it's the quickest and the clearest route of God's love it, like a physical manifestation and obviously he can pour his liquid love out on you and things like that but it's just it shoots straight to people's heart I've seen it so many times it shoots straight to their heart how much he loves them whenever he comes and he touches their physical bodies. 
So we're going to answer a couple of questions. And for some of you guys, this may be, um, you know, elementary. But I just, I really believe it's important because we read so many scriptures so many times. And we know them and we have memorized them. We've heard them. A bunch of other people preach the same scriptures. Um, but sometimes we don't actually believe what they say. You know, sometimes that we we believe what they say, but we don't live like we believe what they say. Because if we if we did, we'd be living totally different. I would be living completely differently if I actually believed what the Bible said. And I think that's probably true for a lot of us. I mean, we'll get into it, but I'm excited. Thank you guys for coming out. Thank you for um, a lot giving me the opportunity to preach. I appreciate it. So we're going to answer the question, what is God's heart towards sickness and disease? What is the Father's heart towards sickness and disease? Maybe the most skewed, um, not, maybe not the most skewed, but one of the most skewed concepts in, in modern culture is what is God's heart for sickness and disease? And for the first part of how we're going to answer this question, let's look at Jesus. You know, let's look at Jesus Christ. It's expressed many times, many different verses that Jesus, if you, you know, if you've seen Jesus, you have seen the Father, right? John 14, 9 tells us that. If you have seen Jesus, you have seen the Father. That's a paraphrase, but that's what the scripture says. He is the full manifestation of the Father. It's like Hebrews 1, 3. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Man, that's one of my favorite scriptures. That is good. Jesus is the exact, he's the glory of God. If you, if God on, like the Father God on earth was Jesus Christ. And it's hard to see it like that because he was his own man. But he was the glory of God on earth. And then another verse I want to point to is John five nineteen. He only did what he, you know, we know this verse. He only did Sorry, John 5, 19. He only did what he saw his father do. If you have to look it up, don't worry about it. But it basically, you guys know the verse. If you, I only do what I see my father do, I only uh, say what I hear him say, right? You guys have heard that verse? So if we look at Jesus' life, we can see who the father is. Because he is a clear window for us to see exactly who the father is. And Jesus spent more time healing than arguably any other kind of ministry that he did. Preaching, ministering, discipling. Um, that's not a proven fact, but if you read the, read the New Testament, it's like healing takes over Jesus' ministry. It really does. And, and, and Jesus was an intentional person. I don't think that, that he did that because like, he got overwhelmed. I think he did that because healing is such an essential part of the Father. Such an essential part of who God is. And Jesus inherited that desire. You know, people think that the Father has his desire and Jesus has his desire and Jesus loved to heal, you know. But the reality is Jesus inherited his heart and his desire to heal the world from his Father. He looked up at his daddy. What was daddy doing? You know, like when you're a son, you're playing baseball. You want to, if your dad, you know, is playing, you want to play baseball like your dad. Jesus did that with his father. He looked up. What was God doing? He was healing. The father was healing. So Jesus said, I want to be like my daddy. And he went and he healed all who were oppressed by the devil. That's the father's heart. And it gets so skewed. And, um, you know, and it's, it's tough because there's theological uh, things that don't make sense. And there's questions that we have no answers to. But the reality is we live in a place where things happen that, that grieve the Father's heart. Things happen that he hates every single day. He hates sickness and disease. 
How wrong is it that we, believers and unbelievers alike, peg so many tragedies and infirmities on the Father as if it was his desire or as if he allowed it passively, as if he said, yeah, whatever, you know? That's not, the, that's not who we saw in Jesus. That wasn't the Father that we saw through Jesus Christ, was it? No. The great news, my favorite news, is that we were sent here, obviously Jesus dying on the cross for us, but great news is that we were sent to this earth to be representatives of the kingdom of God, representatives of Jesus Christ, not as like some distant far off, we have to like learn, learn, look at him from a distance and we have to learn his mannerisms and then we have to copy that. It's like, no, we are just like, just like Jesus looked up at the Father to just do what he was doing because of adoration. We just get to look at Jesus and be with him, spend time with him. And, and over time you become like Jesus because if you look at Jesus, you're gonna become like Jesus. He looked towards his Father and he became like his Father. And when we look towards Jesus, you know, in worship or in quiet time, or we just sit there, we just imagine Jesus, and we just look at him, and we want to be like him, we become like him. That's when he has the ability to come and transform our lives, transform who we are, to become like him who, who, when he became like the Father. Right? Isn't that so sweet? Isn't that just tender? Can I just, that's, Christ, that's Christianity. Right? I mean, man, that's good. I love it. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Another reason that Father hates sickness and disease is because his son, everything that meant something to him, Jesus, has paid for every sickness and every disease in the history of humanity, past, present, and future. It's paid for on the cross. And we know that all sins are paid for on the cross. We've heard that. But the Bible says that by his stripes we were healed. Isaiah 53, 5. I think we have that one. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought peace. And with this, and with his wounds, we are healed. As you know, we are three-part beings, body, spirit, and soul. And Jesus equates sickness that plagues our bodies with the same sin that plagues our spirit and the demonic torment that plagues our souls. When he saved us on the cross, he saved us body, spirit, and soul. He sees sickness, sin, and demonic torment as the same thing, like different sides of the same coin, something that has been defeated and paid for, and they don't have authority any longer. They don't have any authority anymore because all of that was paid for by Jesus Christ. And so it's easy for us to believe. In America, we have this thing. It's easier for us to believe that sin was paid for. We don't doubt that very often, right? Sin is paid for. That's part of Christianity 101, right? Sin was paid for. But it's hard to find a body of people that actually believe that that sin, uh, excuse me, sickness was paid for. And it is the, actually to be treated the same way that sin is. Unnecessary. Unnecessary. Because it's paid for. If you, a lot of parents in here, imagine you got your kid just a beautiful, nice car, just a gorgeous, their dream car, exactly what they wanted. And they never drove it once. And they kept driving their rusty old, you know, whatever. Probably grieve your heart, right? Because it was out of a place of love that they did that for you. It wasn't, it wasn't from a selfish place that he, he didn't do, he didn't, pay for, I mean, he didn't do that for himself. He did that for us. That was a gift for us. 
Jesus didn't have to pay for sickness on the cross. He could have just paid for sin because God wanted his children. But he did the sickness part for us. God doesn't, I mean, he benefits from that as a way of his love being expressed, but that was for us. He was thinking about us. You've probably heard Bill Johnson say, to beg God to heal someone is to think that you have more compassion than he. That is so true. We, you know, we beg God to heal us. We beg God to heal someone else. We ask him over and over again, and, and I, I'm not saying that's wrong, but if we don't have the right heart, we can kind of fall into an illusion that, that we have to work for it, you know, that, that the, the thing that's blocking the healing is actually God, and that's never the case. Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit have way more vested in any healing that you ever pray for, including your own, than you ever will. If I mean, think about, you know, John, everybody, Jonathan, he's, he's deaf. He's been deaf for a while, right, Jonathan? If you know Jonathan, you know that he believes God is going to heal him 110%. There's no doubt in his mind that God is going to heal him. How many times have we prayed for you to be healed, Jonathan? Countless man, sometimes there's, I feel like I want him to be, be healed more than he does. And, and I know that he is, he really wants to be healed. He's not mad at God. He's not, nobody's angry at God or anything. We're just hungry for, to see God's goodness manifest in Jonathan's ears so he can hear. But Jesus is way hungrier for Jonathan to be healed than I ever will be able to fathom. Because Jesus paid for it. He put in the work for it. I, I didn't. Jonathan Imagine, I mean, imagine how much he wants to be healed. Some of you know how, how, how much he wants to be healed. Nobody will want him to be healed more than Jesus, not even himself. Jesus wants Jonathan to be healed way more than Jonathan wants to be healed. And it's not because he doesn't want to be healed, because he does. Everybody knows that. Let's think about communion for a second. His blood was shed for us, right? His blood was shed so that our blood did not have to be shed, you know? He paid for our sins. He paid, he died so that we didn't have to die, right? Kind of a common theme in Christianity. But what about the bread? You know, it's, it's tradition, bread and the wine, you know, and it's also a great band. But what about the bread? Jesus says, my body is broken for you. Well, if he already died and if his blood was already shed so that ours didn't have to be shed, why was his body broken? So that ours didn't have to be broken. Think about, it's, it's mind-blowing. Because salvation is like right here, and healing is like here, right? In, our, in my mind, at least. I mean, think about, so you want to get people saved. That's like the highest honor in the kingdom of God, right? And in our hearts, if you can get people saved, man, that is an incredible feat in the kingdom of God, right? And I'm, it's, it totally is. I'm not taking away from that at all. And I do believe it's the highest honor in the kingdom of God. I really do. Is making disciples of Jesus. But Jesus equates, and this is the Bible. I'm not preaching because I've done it and I believe it 100%. I'm preaching the Bible. He equates sin and getting rid of sin, which is the salvation of the spirit, which is eternity in heaven, with a, a broken body so that we don't have to be broken. That's how important it is to the Father. But we don't, how often do we not take advantage of that? And I'm not saying us necessarily. I know that we are a passionate group of people that go after healing. But how, look at the world and, and maybe even other churches and other, um, I'm not down in any of their churches, but just look at Christianity as a whole in America. Let's be the big, let's, for in this instance, let's be the big body of Christ. Every Christian in America, we are one, we are the, 
the bride of Jesus, we're together. You know, we, just because we believe a little bit differently doesn't mean we get to separate ourselves. We believe together. Think about us and let's, let's just, we are representatives of the body of Christ. How often do we, do we not equate sin and sickness? How often does sickness get pushed under the rug because we don't have answers for it? How often do we, we, we see the blood of Jesus and we thank Jesus day and night for his blood so that we don't have to go to hell? But how often do we deal with physical struggles and we don't have faith for healing because sometimes people don't get healed? Right? And it, I hate it, you know? I hate it as much as you guys do. And I don't want anyone to feel condemned. This is not like my life. This is like the Bible. I'm not preaching you my life. I'm preaching you the Bible. I really am. And I, I fully intend to practice what I preach but I'm not there yet. So I just want together as a body of Christ, let's just actually read the Bible and let's actually believe what it says and let's go after it, you know? Let's look at 1 Timothy 2, 3 and 4. So we're three-part beings, body, spirit, soul. You guys know the word sozo. Pretty much probably everybody does. Sozo. Let's read this. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. He desires, the Father's heart is for everybody to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth, Jesus. He wants everybody everybody to be saved and everybody to come to Jesus is what he's saying. But again, we're three-part beings. Is he just talking about the salvation of the soul or the salvation of the spirit? Because the word sozo is used 110 times in the New Testament. Only about half are in reference to the saving of the spirit which leads to salvation. The other half have to do with healing, being made well, and deliverance. So the same word that he's using for saved to come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ is the same word he uses in his original language for healing of the body, deliverance of the soul, and being made well, restoration, all those, there's different words, different replacements that we used in English, but it's all the same word, it's sozo, it's the saving of our body, spirit, and soul. It's the saving of the human condition. And let's not get stuck on the fact that he saved us, our spirits, but he saved us body, spirit, and soul, every single part. Let's go to Matthew 6, 9 through 15, or really just the first part. So the disciples asked Jesus how to pray. Go ahead and go on. One more. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's stop right there at 10. So the disciples asked Jesus how to pray, and this is what he says. We all know that, you know, it's called the Lord's Prayer. So what he's saying, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus is saying, our job, our goal through prayer, is to bring the kingdom of God to earth and to bring the will of God to earth. And his will is not perfectly done on earth, like some people think. His will is done perfectly in heaven. So if we want to look at what is the Father's heart for us, for humanity, we can't look at the earth and what's happening. We can't look at our experiences. We can't look at what we've seen and what we've done. We have to look at heaven because it's the only true example of what the Father's heart is. Our job is to get it, get it there, and we haven't completed that job, and sometimes we haven't even done a good job at all. So the Father's will is done in heaven, 
what sickness or pain or disease is done in heaven? None, right? There's no pain, there's no sickness, there's no disease, there's no dying, there's no death. None of that in heaven, but yet Jesus says, pray like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Does he say in the Christian regions of America? Or does he say, does he say when a group of people come together and have faith? Or does he say anything, any stipulations at all about when his will is supposed to be done? No stipulations, no restrictions, no nothing except for just raw, your will be done, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Now Jesus wouldn't give us that if it wasn't something that we could do. If it wasn't was something we were equipped to do, he wouldn't tell us to do that. Right? You guys to get interactive with me. Pull your hearts in. Do we, I mean, think about it for yourself. Just think about it for a second. Do I actually believe in my heart? And I'm, my answer is no. I just want you guys, I want to be honest with you guys. My answer is no. I, I believe it in my head. I know it's true. But do I live as if I actually have everything it takes to bring heaven's ways to earth without stipulation? Do I actually believe that? Not just in my head, because, yeah, I believe that in my head, of course, you know. Your kingdom come, you'll be done. But do I actually live... <coughs> from a place of, I have everything I need, nothing's going to stop me, because Jesus did everything it takes, he paid for everything for me, and he gave me everything I need to bring the kingdom come, which is no sickness, no disease, no pain, to bring that will to earth, to bring that reality to this reality, he gave me everything I needed. And a lot of times, I don't think we live like that. And me, I don't, I don't live like that, I haven't been living like that. But that's the Bible. And it's more important to me to preach the Bible than it is to preach my experience. I would love to be able to hear and tell you guys story after story, but it's just not, it's not the Bible. You know what I'm saying? Let's see what the Bible says. This isn't on the board, but just, it's Bible verses and you know them. If you believe, you will lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. What stipulations on that? What restrictions? None. Right? If you believe, you will lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's what the Bible says. That's the Bible. If you lay your hands on the sick, they shall recover. If you lay your hands on the sick, they shall recover. If you lay your hands on the sick, they shall recover. It's hard to say it over and over again. If you believe... In me, the same works I have done, you will do also, and greater works than these, because I go to my Father. That's where I kind of just take a couple steps back, and yeah. The reality is, if Jesus was here, and somebody came to you for a healing, or, or you came to someone because you wanted to release the Father's love over them and heal them, the reality is if Jesus was praying for that person, they would get healed, right? The, he, he never prayed for somebody that didn't get healed. I know a lot of people say, well, he didn't pray for everybody. Well, he was a man, but he never prayed for somebody that didn't get healed, right? He had to pray twice, once. He, he, it wasn't like the same thing every time. It was different every time. Sometimes it was the person's faith that got them healed. Sometimes it was Jesus' faith if that person didn't have enough faith. But every single time somebody came to Jesus for healing, they got healed. And I'm a representative of Jesus Christ, as are you. You are a representative of Jesus Christ. 
And so I'm not saying it's not a condemnation when that doesn't happen because it won't. But it's a it's a mindset. Are we going to let what happens and what we experience overtake what is in this book? Because that is the battle. That is our battle as Christians. Are we going to let what I experience, because if I, if I go off what I've experienced, about maybe half the people I pray for get healed. And still, that's great. I could, I could go and I could pray for people and that half maybe will get healed. That's incredible, right? That's a good feat for the kingdom of God. I will have a great inheritance in the kingdom of God. But is that what I'm called to do? Is that what I'm equipped to do? No. This thing has to be more important than what we think or we know or what we've been taught. This, this has to be more important than what I say, what Grant and Rachel say. It has to be more important than what you think, what you believe, what you experience, what you do. Because what's going to happen is either your experience level is going to rise to this standard or this standard is going to fade away. Because you're going to live in tension regardless. If you want to go after this, you're going to live in tension for, I mean, for the rest of your life. Because it, it may not happen every single time. And my job isn't to make someone get healed. My job is to believe that I have everything I need to pray for every single person. And if Jesus was here, they would get healed. What spirit do I have? The same spirit that Jesus had, that rose Jesus from the grave, the Holy Spirit. He's empowered me to heal the sick just as he empowered Jesus. He didn't do those things as God. We know this. He did those things as a man empowered by the Holy Spirit. There's no difference in that way, in that way between me and Jesus. There's no actually no difference except what we believe. So if I actually believe what this word says, I believe the inheritance you have in heaven, regardless of what happens on earth, will be monumentous regardless of how many people get healed or get saved or get delivered. If you actually believe what these words say and you go after it in this life, because this, you guys heard, it's not like this is life. This is it. It's over. It's quick. It's done. Most people wake up halfway through their life and they're like, well, uh, I'm not doing what I thought I was going to do. I'm not doing what I wanted to do. It's quick. It goes by quick. And I know days are long, but this life is short. And if we can believe, if we can just get a hold of what this word says, piece by piece even, and actually believe what it says, God will be able to do incredible things through you like he was able to do through Jesus. Because the only difference in that way between you and Jesus Christ was that he believed what the word said. And even if he didn't have all of this, he believed what his father told him about about him. Do you believe what the father says about you? Do you live as if Oh, I believe every word the Father has spoken over me. You know, and the answer is no, of course not. I, I don't. I don't think probably anyone here fully does believe everything the Father has said. Let's read one more verse. The prayer of faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up, and if they have sinned, they shall be forgiven. The prayer of faith will raise, make the sick person well. So again, he's saying believing in faith equals healing every single time. Jesus never, he doesn't have a theology for like what happened. He never like said, and if they don't get healed, then you just make them feel loved and try to send them on their way and say, well, keep praying for you in my prayer closet. Jesus never said that because it never happened and we don't, and I'm not saying that's bad. That's what we should do is make them feel loved. That's the truth. You know, and we have to have a game plan at some sort of what happens when people don't get healed. But Jesus didn't. 
you know? And whenever the disciples were praying for the boy who they couldn't cast the devil out of, you know, he said, why? They said, why? They were kind of confused and angry. And he said, these only come out by prayer and fasting. So that's one solution, I guess, that we can look at. But that kind of makes me think, well, the disciples must have delivered every other person that they prayed for and healed every other person they prayed for. Because it never happens twice. You know, it's not a second time. Hey, it happened again. What, what about this time? Or it doesn't happen before that. It's like they were healing everyone that they saw, prayed, that they prayed for. They were seeing healed because they had seen it done in front of them because they were, they were able to believe. It's a lot easier to believe what you see right in front of you than it is to believe words on a page, right? I mean, they had that advantage over us. I don't want anyone to feel condemned about what you believe or what you've been doing. This is a this is a church-wide battle cry just to believe what the Bible says. So let's go over how we do that. How do we do that practically? What does it look like, you know? All right, great. We know what we have to do. We know what God thinks about healing, right? Everybody feel like they have a solid grasp about what does God feel about sickness, right? The Bible never says. And sometimes um, God will teach you a lesson uh, through, you know, pancreatitis. Teach you discipline. Right? Never says that. People say that because they don't have answers. There should be no theology for unwarranted sickness. For sickness, I mean, you know, there should be no theology. Right, yeah, for sickness at all. And I know that's such a far-off goal. It's like we look at our lives and we look at the earth and it's like, well, that is so far off. And I'm not, like, saying that we need to be there at all. I'm just saying we need to believe it, right? We don't need to be there and have it being done in front of us, but we need to believe it because we are believers, right? If you believe, you know, our job is to be believers. It's not to be perfect. It's not to be 100%. Our job is to be believers. And so I believe if you pray for people, (coughs) and if you believe that Jesus empowered you, the Holy Spirit empowers you the same way he empowered Jesus, if you believe that, then you're going to win no matter what. And if you don't give up, you win. Heidi Baker says that. If you don't give up, you win. She says, I give about once a day, but I always get back up, and I always... I, I never stop. I never stay down. If you pray for a, a million people and they never get healed, but you believed that they were going to get healed, I believe your inheritance in heaven will be bigger than a person that believed and prayed to 100%. And sometimes it kind of, you know, their faith wavered. I really do. I really believe faith is that important to Jesus. It's that important to the Father. Anyway, let's get practical about it. We're just people, right? We're just people. I have a job. I have a family. I have to take care of them. What is it? What, I mean, what does that look like? How does that work? You know? We're going to go over a couple different ways to pray. People have different styles of prayer and different volumes. (laughs) 
But the main, like, let's just look at, just get really practical. Now you can let your heart go a little bit and let your mind come in. There's commanding prayer and there's petitioning prayer, right? We can command something to leave in the authority of Jesus Christ. Because we're in Jesus Christ, right? We have authority in Jesus Christ. The Bible says, and I think I have it, Ephesians 1.22. Can we bring that up? It says, everything is under the feet of Jesus. He has put everything under Jesus' feet. We are in Jesus. You are in Jesus Christ. You are with him, seated at the right hand of the Father. You're not beneath him. You're with him. You're co-heir, co-inheritance. So where does that put everything according to your feet? Under your feet, right? So when we command things to go, we have authority in the physical realm over people's bodies, over demonic spirits. Sometimes there's afflicting spirits that are tormenting people. We have authority over them. We have authority over people's bodies. I'm praying. Come here, Caitlin. She has shoulder pain. This is how I'm going to pray. I'm just going to, if you've never seen anyone pray, just kind of take it in. So I'm praying for a shoulder. I'll ask her like, hey, what's going on? Can I pray for you? Blah, blah, be polite, you know. I say, do you have any pain in your body I can pray for? And she'll say, "Shoulder's hurting." Okay, how bad is it hurting? On a like one to ten, how bad does it hurt? Um, an eight. Okay. So, I'm gonna lay my hand on her shoulder. If, uh, well, if it's a woman and you're a man, just say, "Hey, do you mind if I lay my hand on your shoulder?" If they have breast cancer, don't do it. So I'm going to say, in Jesus' name, I command the, I command the shoulder. I command the shoulder to be healed in Jesus' name. You could say, I command the muscles and the tissues and the ligaments to be healed in Jesus' name. I command the pain to go in Jesus' name. That would be commanding prayer, right? You have authority over the body. You have authority over spirits. If there's an afflicting spirit, if you feel like it moves somewhere, if you ask, if it, if you tell them it's getting worse or it's moving somewhere different, say, okay, there might be afflicting spirit. Do you mind if I cast it out? Or however you want to pastorally say that. I command this afflicting spirit to leave in Jesus' name. Does that make sense? There's petitioning prayer. Father, thank you so much for your love for her, God. I just ask that you would come and touch her. I ask that you would heal her shoulder in Jesus' name. That's petitioning prayer, asking God to come and heal, because he does that. I recommend commanding prayer because, stay up here. Jesus never asked the Father, I mean, rarely, if ever, asked the Father to come and heal people. And Jesus actually never said, pray for the sick. Right? He actually never said, go and pray for everybody that's sick. He said, heal the sick. And people will say, if I say, oh, I healed this person the other day and it was awesome, which I, I don't say that. But if I did, there would be religious people that would say, oh, you hypocrite. Jesus healed that person, you snob. Okay, Jesus has the power. Uh, that was Jesus. You can't take credit for that. And that's somewhat true. But Jesus is in heaven. He did his time on earth. Now the spirit of Christ in me is on earth, and I've taken the baton, and you have taken the baton. Everybody here has taken the baton of Jesus Christ to represent him to the world. 
so is it actually correct to say that Jesus healed the sick? Jesus healed that person. It's fair in a sense that he paid for the sickness and everybody is healed according to Jesus Christ. Everybody's healing is available according to Jesus Christ. We get to partner with him and decide if we want to see that come to this earth. Does that make sense? Everybody believe that? We get to partner with him. And you know what? Actually, the amount of people you want to see healed is the amount of people you pray for. If, you know, it's like if God wants them to be healed, they'll be healed. How many people have heard that? If God wants me healed, I'll be healed. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that from people. Hey, can I pray for you? Oh, if God wants me to be healed, I'll, I'll get healed. Right? I can't tell you how many times I've heard that, and I've just been like, well, I'm going to pray for you anyway. But he sent me. He does want you to be healed. You're right about that. He sent me. I'm here to do the job. Right? Oh, thank you, Jonathan. My th- Thank you so much. He does, and there's a song about it out that's really good. It's like the problems for the earth that God, we think that God doesn't care about. No, he does. He sent us to take care of those problems. He gave us authority to take care of those problems. Don't be bashful and say that, well, God healed that person, and, and, and he did heal that person, but God used you. That's a privilege. That's an honor. And you're not giving yourself glory because it's not about you. It's about, it's about Jesus. But you decide how much glory Jesus gets. If you want Jesus to have a lot of glory, you're going to get used a lot. You're going to say, God, use me to, to bring you glory. Because if nobody does anything, if we all sit on our bums, Jesus isn't going to get very much glory. Fair? Is he going to come back and be born again and then do all of it over again? No, because he's equipped us to do it. He's equipped us to do everything. He's given us authority to do everything he did and more. So those are two types of prayers. Commanding prayer, because we have authority. And petitioning prayer, because of the love of the Father. So Matthew 18, 18. Do we have that one? Okay, that's right. Binding and loosening. You guys have heard that before, right? Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. It's essentially saying that the spirit realm is going to back you up. Whatever you do on earth will be done in heaven. That means the spirit and angels are going to back up your words because, again, we have authority as representations of Jesus Christ. So a lot of times, so Natalie, come up here for a second. So if Caitlin has um, uh, like a disease, if she, uh, what is the disease? She has Pinkery, what? Malaria. She has malaria. Break those mosquitoes off her in Jesus' name. I'm just kidding. If she has malaria, I would say you, there's this. But for as far as binding and loosing goes, I bind malaria in Jesus' name. Because malaria is, although it's this natural thing that, that happens, it's actually a spiritual attack. Because the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Every good gift is from the Father. And malaria is not a good gift, Right? So it's attack of the enemy against her. I bind malaria in Jesus' name. Or if it's cancer, I bu- cancer, I bind you in the name of Jesus. Because there's a spiritual war going on. It's not just natural stuff that happens. There's a spiritual war. Cancer is trying, the devil is trying to kill people all around you. There's people with cancer all over the world. The devil is trying to take them out. And is there stuff we do that affects that? Yeah, eating right and stuff like that. 
but like the reality is that there are spirits involved. So another thing as far as binding and loosing goes, thanks babe. A lot of times I'll loose the fire of God on people. Um, the fire of God just, it, it cleanses and it, it heals and it melts. So I want you to hear Natalie. Okay, so she felt like she was hot. So just kind of explain what you felt. Um, he laid his hand on my neck and once it didn't really take too long before he even really said anything and I already started feeling heat go where I know the vertebrae is out of place and went up into my scalp and went down into my neck and went down into my shoulders and after we prayed and when we sat down my husband touched my neck so like oh, you are on fire like physically you could feel my neck was very very hot thank you Jesus so we loose the fire of God we have these tools you know there's one there's um, probably like a year and a half ago me and a couple of guys were praying for this woman who had carpal tunnel most of you heard this story but I as I do most of the time I'm releasing the fire of the Holy Spirit to just burn away the sickness because it's it's about cleansing and the fire of the Holy Spirit cleanses what isn't supposed to be there right Whenever a fire goes through a forest, it cleanses the forest and it, it makes it right when it comes back up. And the fire of the Holy Spirit is similar in the way that it cleanses what shouldn't be there. It cleanses what is in violation of the, the kingdom of Jesus Christ. The fire of God does. So I loose the fire of God on this woman. And it's not this big spiritual thing. I loose the fire of God in Jesus' name. It's just, I have authority in my words. I loose the fire of God in Jesus' name. And she started feeling hot like Natalie was. And, and I was praying for her carpal tunnel, carpal tunnel in her left hand. And that got healed. But like it was hours later, we found out that she had one blind eye. And she was blind in one eye. And, and she could not see for, I think, her whole life or like years at least. And she felt like, hey, just so you know, you were praying for my wrist and it feels better. But I can actually see you with both of my eyes now. And I haven't been able to see with both my eyes in years. That's the fire of God because I didn't have any faith for her blind eye to be healed because I didn't know she had a blind eye. You wouldn't have been able to tell. But the fire of God cleanses what is a violation of, in the kingdom of God, of the word of God. It cleanses the violation. So if you want to loose the fire of God on people, I encourage you to do that. It's a little bit more weird, but it works. <clears throat> the most important thing, like I said about, you know, Heidi Baker said, if you don't give up, you win. Pray and pray and pray. Um, never ever give up. The healing ministry, uh, perseverance is the best thing that you can possibly attain. Is to believe God, to believe these words, and to keep on believing when you don't see them come to pass. Because the first time you do it, it may not come to pass. The second time it may not come to pass. The hundredth time it may not come to pass. But if you can just bite down on this and actually believe it and say, no matter what I see, I'm going to believe these words and I'm going to keep going after it till the day I die. God is going to do so much through you, and you're going to have such an inheritance in heaven. Todd, Todd White. How many of you know Todd White? We love Todd White. He prayed for like close to a thousand people before anyone got healed. And now he almost every single person he prays for gets healed. The other day I saw a Facebook video. He, there's plan for the, praying for this person, I think, in a wheelchair or she was blind or it was like a major disability. And they were getting up or they were seeing. It was like a, a big healing. I prayed for many people for many months before anyone got healed. I prayed for many months before anyone got healed. But it's that tenacity of I'm going to believe this thing no matter what, man. No matter what. The enemy tries to throw out the lies, what people say. 
well, some people, it's some people's time to get healed and it's some people's time to not. No, that's not what the Bible says. That's what you think. It's not what this says. And whenever you hear that stuff, it's comforting because it makes sense, but it's not this. And if it's not this, reject it with everything you have. It may be comforting, but if it's not this, reject it. So, I want you guys to just be hungry. I want you guys to see the value of healing. I want you to think it's not for, it's not for me. I, lo- I have a personal love and affection for the healing ministry. But it's not for me and not for you guys as much. It's 100% for you guys and 100% for me. And, and the Bible says some people have certain giftings, right? Gift of healing, gift of prophecy. There's all these different gifts. But if ever somebody tells you, oh, I don't have the gift of healing as much, you know, I don't have the gift of healing as much, that may be true. That may not be a free gift they got, but I promise you that that person has authority to heal. And the position in Jesus Christ with everything under their feet, Jesus has done everything for us to be able to heal. If you have the gift of healing or not. When I first got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I had the gift of healing. It was my, it was my thing. I just, it came very, very naturally. Some people it's tongue, some people it's prophecy. If, if it's not a natural gift for you, be encouraged. Don't let people, don't even think or let people tell you that, well, that's not one of your major gifts. So, you know, you shouldn't probably go after it as much. And go after it because you, you have the right to it as much as me, as much as Todd White. You have the right to it as much as anybody. So, I want to pray for you guys. And uh, it's not about me, man. It's just, it's really not. Um. But if you guys want prayer for healing, if you got prayed for before service and you didn't get healed, you didn't get 100% healed, if you're believing for something or somebody in this miracle month, come up here and let's get prayed for. Uh, first, I want to pray for anybody who, who wants to see healing that, that hasn't seen it yet or that has tried and maybe it hasn't been effective. We have people that want to pray for you to, you know, to fl- uh, fan the flame, the gift of God that's in you, right? As Timothy says, fan the flame of the gift of God that was put in you by the laying on of hands. Even just for faith, you know, I want to believe what the Bible says, you know, have trouble. I have trouble, but I want to. I have a desire to do that, to grab a hold of it, like that bulldog grip and not let go no matter what I see or hear or do. So um, we'll do it like this. If you want, and if you don't want to come up out of your seat, it's about God. It's not about my hands, but, you know, he uses this and it's biblical. So you grant uh, Caitlin and whoever else wants to come up. If you are, you know, a leader in this church and you see people get healed, come up here and we're going to pray. for people. If you want the gift of healing, uh, if you want the, the, the belief and the faith for healing, the anointing for healing, come up here. It's, it's not not for you. I promise. No matter if in Brazil, you, go ahead and come up. Yeah. In Brazil, we saw children. Like, how old were those kids? Like six? We saw, we saw six-year-olds praying for people to get healed and then getting, like, major healings. Like, major healings. Like, we laid our hands on this boy, and he got up. He was weeping on the ground because of the Father's love. And he got up, and he started prophesying over people. And he started healing people. And incredible things were going on through this little boy. Do you think Do you think that it's not for him? What if you told him that? Hey, buddy, that's not for you. That's not for you. That's for the elders. That's for the grown-ups. That's for people that have been in Bible school and that really believe. 
right? That's ridiculous. That's an offense. So if you, if you, even if you just want to get to be stirred up in the gift of healing, even if you've seen it a million times, you want to be stirred up. You want to be encouraged. I believe that God, you know, according to what we're doing, not because I'm here, but because of what we're doing is Miracle Month. I believe that there is an anointing that can fall uh, if you want it. That is for healing. That is for miracles. That is for signs and wonders for people outside of this church and, and inside of this church. So if you want that, come up front. If nobody wants it, we'll pray as a group. But if you want that, just come up front and have one of these people lay their hands on you just to stir up the gift, release the fire of God, whatever you guys want to do. Just let's just get into it. And if you're not coming up, just be patient and just rest in the glory of God. Rest in the presence of God. And we're going to pray for anybody that needs healing. Sure. Yeah, if you want prayer, line up. Yeah, that's great. Line up like that. Or if you, yeah. Line up exactly like that. Perfect. Okay. So if you, like us right here, just go down and pray for people. Just release the fire. Release the healing anointing. And just pray for them and love on them. Okay, guys? And you guys out here, just rest in the presence of God. Just thank Him for what He's doing up here. It's a big deal. It's not a small thing. It's not a coincidence. This is intentional. We're equipping people to go out and change the world. We're equipping people to go out and change uh, the world for the kingdom of God. And if you decide you want it, come up here and get it. Thank you, Jesus. I pray for the, just the whole group. Father, thank you for what you're doing in this body. Thank you for Miracle March. Thank you that you have so much in store for us that it's not a small thing. We're not looking for a little sweet little miracle on 34th Street. We're looking for miracle signs and wonders like Jesus Christ, like the day of Jesus Christ. That's what you have for us, God. We just thank you, and we, we ask that you would release an anointing for healing and miracles today, Lord, and we will go out and change the world and give you your glory that you deserve, Jesus. We want to give you every bit of inheritance that you are due. Will you anoint us and equip us to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cleanse lepers, to cast out devils, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for a corporate anointing for healing and the power of God to just come upon us, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. If you got prayed for this morning or if you need a healing, if you need a miracle and you didn't get all the way or you didn't get exactly what you needed, just come up here and these people that just got prayed for are going to pray for you and people are going to get healed. Miracles are going to happen today, this morning. And tonight, uh, we're going to meet here at 5 p.m. tonight, guys, and we're going to go out. We're going to go to hospitals. We're going to go to Walmart and we're going to pray for the sick tonight, okay? We're going to meet here at 5 p.m. Everybody hear me, 5 p.m. We're going to be here at 5 p.m., 5 p.m., and we're going to go out, and we're going to pray for the sick. We're going to do what Jesus did. We're going to be Jesus to a lost and hurting orphan world. We're going to release the love of the Father today. So we thank you, Father, for what you've done. We thank you for what you're doing. We just invite you to come, Holy Spirit. We thank you for just having your way. Thank you. It's not about anybody, but it's about you, God. Thank you for teaching us that your word is true no matter what we feel or experience. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to release you guys. Thank you so much for being here and uh, just being with us and meeting with us. If this is your first time, thank you for being here on this special day. We're going to pray for you. Thank you guys so much. We love you. Have a great Sunday. God bless you.